When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. But we're going to talk football right now uh, with one of the greats of the English Premier League era. He scored goals for fun for Aston Villa, moved to Manchester United, and then after a few years with Blackburn and Birmingham, came down here and played in the A-League with Sydney FC, winning a championship in the first season of the A-League. He's back here at the moment as an ambassador for Manchester United, and they're looking ahead to the pre-season tour down in Australia in July, where at the MCG they'll take on Melbourne Victory on July 15 and on July 19 take on Crystal Palace fellow Premier League side. And Dwight York joins us right now on the Mowers Club. Good morning, Dwight. How are things, mate? Yeah, morning, guys. I'm glad that you actually say the game correctly, which is football, which is a little bit unknown here. You guys normally say soccer, right? So um, you probably get off to a good start. Well, as you'd know, Dwight, Australian football confuses itself with itself a lot of the times because we, we I call it football because that's what they call it around the world, but um, then we call our national team the Socceroos. So you, you can understand why we're a bit yeah. conflicted sometimes down here. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll let you off with that one. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Hey, um, Manchester United, uh, they're coming down here. So what's it like for a player, to, and you've experienced it as a United player, to, to come down here and experience... Australia while you're preparing for a Premier League season? Well, first thing, I think the, the guys are coming down here um, would be in a, a luxurious plane, so they, the, the journey might be a little bit daunting for them who have never been this far. But um, once they get here, they will understand the reason why so many people in love with the, the, the Australian lifestyle, and particularly in Melbourne, um, and realize the, the sports enthusiastic people here, how people love their sports, and particularly the Premier League and Man United in itself. So, yeah, it'll be a little bit of a, an experience for some of the guys, um, although they, we've been here um, in 2019, the last time we've been, but we haven't, had, we haven't been to Melbourne since 22 years, so which is a bit surprising. So um, we're here, to, obviously, to showcase the Premier League and, and our football club as well. Yeah, Dwight, it's Nick Davis here. Just in regards to that, Steve Gerrard, I think when Liverpool came out and, and they came out at the MCG with 90,000 fans and they were singing the, the you, you Never Walk Alone, um, I, I think that the Manchester United players and, and staff will be uh, surprised by the level of football knowledge in the fans um, down here in Australia. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. Um, you know, uh, when you're a player, you're sort of in a bubble because you obviously based in England all that time and you sort of focus on playing the Premier League, which is uh, every week, week in, week out. Um, but like myself, who's been at that club and now been ambassador and traveled the world and experienced what the, you know, Man United is all about, it's, you know, you know it's a huge club, but you don't realize how big of a club it is until you travel the world and the number of fans. 
and uh, they're coming to play in one of one of the most iconic stadium, the MCG. Um, there is no better place. I think it just tick all the boxes. An iconic team, an iconic stadium, an iconic city. It's just everything, and the, the fans will love it when they come here. The players also, and as, uh, and I said, you know, at the same time, it's a good experience for some of these Melbourne uh, Melbourne Victory players who haven't or who has aspiration of playing against or playing in the Premier League to play up against one of the best teams in, in world football. It's mind-blowing what's happened to the Premier League since its inception in the early 90s through a commercial eye. Because like now, I think the last TV rights deal, they're sold in like three-year cycles. For the first time ever, the worldwide rights all added together has topped domestic rights. So it's it's in the region of like £5 billion for a three-year cycle yeah. overseas. And then it's the same there in England, it's it's quite extraordinary. That, that What's it changed about what it's like to be a player in the middle of all that, Dwight? Because you were there while it was changing greatly and now it's gone to another level, obviously, in the last few years. But has it has it changed how a player thinks about his football in the Premier League or acts around his football in the Premier League? Yeah, I think there was some element of change. Um, you know, obviously, the, the assist thing has come into... Uh, um, sort of the the conversation a lot more. Um, how many goals you are? Players have been scrutinised a bit more. We know since the social media, they can't really go anywhere without people knowing exactly where they are. So that side of it has changed. The game in itself changed slightly. I wouldn't say that much. Um, there's less more contact because back in the days they used to just kick the lumps out of you <laughs> and pick you up, and you kind of get on with it. Now they do. You can't pretty much tackle and. You know, dangerous players a little bit more penalised and, and stuff like that. Offside rules a little bit. The VAR. Um, so there's there's some changes to the game, but um, certainly in terms of the growth of the game, it's got even bigger. Um, you know, everywhere and you know everywhere in the world I've travelled to, everyone is fascinated by the fact that the Premier League and uh, the enormity of the the support around the world. Hence, that's why. The TV rights deal is so huge, and the players are earning these vast number of um, salaries at the moment. So, yeah, I think it's a good time to be a player, um, and I'm sure the stadium and everything is just unbelievable. And unpredictability in the, the Premier League—you can't predict who's going to win the Premier League. Three months ago, we thought City was going to win, then Liverpool clawed them back, and it's really nip and tuck to that point. Fourth spot, you know, playing for Champions League spot. It's exciting as it can be. And certainly relegation, people don't want to lose that that credibility of coming out of the Premier League because the the financial implement that it's knock on effect for these clubs, you know, a hundred million pounds, hundred and fifty million pounds to each Premier League club before they even kick uh, a ball each season. So it's a huge fast and lots of stakes. So that's why the Premier League is why the Premier League everyone wants to be a part of it. Uh, Dwight, yeah, you mentioned that you're an ambassador for Manchester United, but on June 13, I'm uh, informed that you complete your PhD in football and you'll be able to manage. You don't sound like a lunatic. What? What? Why do you want to manage a team for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, uh, I've kind of done it all. Um, football is in my DNA. You know, it's been there for you know 40 years of my life, so it's always been there. But it's nice to go off and venture off, and you know you know, see the world and travel and do the ambassador role and have that free spirit sort of lifestyle. 
but you know there is something inside of me keep continue to eat away uh, and I feel that the way how the game is gone how the managers have to approach things um, and I feel it just kind of playing into my hands a little bit more um, but I had to go back to the drawing board I had to tick a few boxes um, i.e. as you said complete the the coaching badges, going to you know learn a little bit more about the concept. Even though with my experience at the level that I played at, I feel like I needed to go back and sort of get a little bit more better understanding. So now, with the qualification beckoning in in in, a, in probably six weeks' time, then yeah, I, I seem like I'm fully ready, prepared. I spoke to the ex various managers that I play with, tried to you know. Um, get into their minds how they operate and the, the changes of the game and how you can manage players. And I feel like now I'm, I've done everything that I could possibly have done um, uh, in terms of preparation. It's just about that opportunity and the, the right opportunity coming along and, uh, yeah, looking to make that transition into management. But, yeah, it's in the DNA. You're a big reason why Manchester United won the, the historic treble in 1999 in, in winning the FA Cup, the Premier League, and also, historically, the, the Champions League, that dramatic night against Bayern Munich. Um, so you had a, a great time at Manchester United working under Sir Alex Ferguson. Now that you're transitioning and you've, you've spoken to Fergie about um, what it's like in yeah. management, what what can you take out of his book in terms of uh, the man management style that he was so famous for into into what you're about to do, or is it two totally different eras, and you'll keep them separated? Well, there's a there's a total different era, obviously, um, but there's some you know you don't become the the, the best manager in, in world football in terms of British football in terms of achievement. There there is something in there, uh, and I spoke to to him about that. You got to be yourself. You got to take some good ideas, some things that will work with how you seen so Alex Ferguson operate. There was no grey era. There was no uh, stone being unturned. Um, he always tried to improve uh, the team even by 1%. You know, you listen a lot and try to understand from a player's point of view. Um, there were there a lot of things, lots of good stuff that come out of Alex Ferguson. But as I said, the game has changed. You've got to bring your personality to the dressing room and to the team and certainly your playing style and what we call our playing philosophy as to the players understanding how you want the team to to play in a particular way. So you've got to build that culture. Take some time. Unfortunately, it's about the W's. Um, you've got to win games to, to get that time to, to, to develop. But um, hopefully you'll be able to do that in a short period of time because, as you know, you know if you're not getting results, you're kind of living on a, a knife edge at the time. So uh, I'm hoping that I can get in there and try to implement my style and my philosophy from a very... Uh, from the very start uh, of my, my managerial career and hopefully the players will buy into that and with my experience of playing, they, they can get a clear understanding of, as to what direction I'm trying to go with, with uh, the way we play. Uh, Dwight, I'm interested in how you speak about uh, culture and, and building a culture. What role will the great Mark Bosnich play in all this for you? <laughs> Bosnich's a good friend. Everyone knows that. It's, I think it's been well documented. We've known each other over 20-odd years now. Um, closest friend in football for a very, very long time. Um, and Buzzy is an interesting character, someone who's uh, intelligent. Well who, said. You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he, you'd be pretty much surprised. He's very knowledgeable about stuff and certainly uh, fantastic in terms of football uh, IQ. So 
I mean, I get on really well. We seem to, to, to match up with each other. We, we're totally different in personality, but that seems to work. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he's, uh, he's an advocate for me in many respects. He knows me inside out as an individual, what I'm capable of doing. And, uh, and so then, yeah, so when Buzzy do speak and I speak about Buzzy, vice versa, there's a clear understanding of, um, you know, what we know about each other. Absolutely. Yes, I could tell you a few stories about uh, Bosnich since he's been here in the last 10 years as well, Dwight, but uh, time has got us, unfortunately. Um, really appreciate that time this morning, mate, and um, explaining a bit more about Manchester United and what goes into the club and, and what you're hoping to do. Wish you all the best with it, mate, and, and well done on getting the pro licence and look f- forward to seeing you in a management role yeah. soon. Yeah, absolutely, and I'm sure that all the fans here in, in, in Melbourne won't be disappointed, so come out and support the team and support Mel- Melbourne victory as well, 19, uh, 15th and 19th of July, both games, so I'm expecting the MCG to be packed out. Yeah, to be rocking. Uh, tickets on sale now. Dwight York, thank you, mate. There you go. Dwight York joining us on the Mowers Club.